It's time for Talking Michigan Transportation, a podcast devoted to the conversations with people at the forefront of the ongoing mobility revolution. In the state that put the world on wheels, here's your host, MDOT Communications Director, Jeff Cranson. Hi, once again, welcome to the Talking Michigan Transportation podcast. I'm Jeff Cranson, and today I'm very pleased to have with me a first-timer on the Transportation Podcast, Brad Williams, Government Affairs Director for the Detroit Regional Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, you said first time. I hope it's not last time. (laughs) No, you can be a frequent guest. So I specifically wanted you on this week because of your spirited testimony before House Transportation this week on the governor's road bonding plan and why you think it makes sense now, knowing all that you know as as a former government affairs liaison for MDOT and somebody that's been at road funding for a long time. You know, give us your your take on the whole thing. Yeah, so you've outed me in a way that I didn't when I was talking to the legislature yesterday as a former M daughter. But uh, yeah, so you know, as I said to the legislature yesterday, I've been working at the chamber now for twelve years, and, and before that uh, here at M dot, and before that in the legislature. And so my career has spanned now twenty years, and I feel like I've been talking about road funding for the bulk of that twenty years. And so I was trying to put in context for them, because particularly in the House of Representatives, uh, uh, you know, these are newer members who, you know, you know, have been citizens and engaged citizens, probably more so than your average citizen, but maybe don't know how long this, this conversation has been going on in the depth of this conversation, uh, that this is, you know, this conversation about road funding is not new, uh, and that we at the Chamber have been supporting different road funding solutions uh, for literally decades, but to put it you know, maybe in a, a smaller bite-sized history, you know, Governor Snyder came out with a request from the legislature in, in, in 2013 for $1.2 billion in new taxes and fees. I would say there's probably been 10 different serious proposals between then and now for new revenues. I think the chamber has been behind every serious proposal that looked at new user fee-based uh, uh, revenue generation between then and now. Uh, and there has been uh, very little momentum in the legislature, uh, not, be, not for lack of hard work, not for lack of will uh, from some people, but just very little momentum. Uh, and so, you know, Governor Whitmer in her state of the state, uh, I think, like a lot of us, uh, is shown some exasperation uh, with with the lack of momentum and has uh, has taken things uh, into her own hands and, and asked the State Transportation Commission to uh, use their authority uh, to issue bonds. And in a perfect world, we put out a statement uh, that day. In a perfect world, we wish the legislature would uh, uh, exercise their authority uh, to issue new revenue. Uh, and uh, generate uh, long-lasting revenue that would fix this chronic problem. But even if they did that, uh, the bonding uh, that the State Transportation Commission uh, took into took into account and, and that the governor asked for still makes some sense because of the way uh, uh, the economy is going right now, the way that interest rates are going, pulling these projects forward and taking projects that uh, otherwise may have been 10-year fixes and making them 20-year fixes and adding new projects uh, onto the five-year plan uh, really takes these uh, takes these assets that we have uh, and manages them more responsibly. Uh, so without getting into yep. too much of a conversation about term limits, I went over that when I had Bob Emerson and Ken Sycama on the podcast. Yeah, they know term limits really well. Yeah, they had a lot to say about I'm the, sure. the role that that plays in this. 
Would this be doable if we didn't have term limits? You know, it's hard to say. I mean, we didn't have term limits for a long time, and it's not like they were uh, chomping at the bit to bring new revenue. Right, into we the talk system. about four decades. Of yeah, uh, you know, but I think it would be easier because you have a little bit more perspective, and you've got time to uh, work through these issues and build up some seniority uh, to understand the scope of the problem. I mean, you know, we did some polling that I mentioned in my testimony, and the one thing we found that's frustrating is that voters in Michigan think that there is enough money uh, in state government right now to fix this problem, and we all know that there's not. Yeah, but if you poll six-year-olds on whether they want broccoli, what are they going to say? Well, I I exactly, and so one of the things that, and I, I talked about this in my testimony, one of the reasons I attribute this to is because every year uh, at the end of the budget, you see press releases coming out of the Capitol from both sides of the aisle. This is not a this is not an attack on either side. That we're spending record amounts of money on transportation, and that is true. Uh, what they're not saying though is that record amounts of money doesn't even come close to solving. Well, yeah, the and the longer you wait, the more it costs. So of course you're spending more, but that's not catching up. Right, but but when we think about why are they sending out these press releases, because they need to get reelected, right? And they're not thinking about. Uh, anything beyond getting reelected, and they only need to get reelected a few times. And then six years later, it's term limited out, and it's not their problem anymore. Uh, and so the, the, there is not a necessity for the sort of long-term thinking uh, that would be required if we didn't have term limits. So I'm not saying getting rid of term limits is necessarily a panacea. It's not the solution to all of our problems. I mean, look at Washington. They don't have term limits either. And Washington hasn't uh, raised the gas tax uh, or solved the transportation problem in, in, in a long time either. So, so, so let's not say term limits is going to solve the problem. Yeah. Uh, but it certainly is part of the issue in so, my mind. Craig Thiel of the Citizens Research Council, um, Citizens Research Council, awesome uh, nonpartisan group that does tremendous research on all kinds of public policy issues, yep. also testified at that same hearing and gave his case against bonding. Mm -hmm. Let's listen to that, and I want you to respond to what he says. There's a legitimate role for bond financing in road, in road construction and maintenance, but that is to accelerate construction, not as a funding source. It's been mentioned before, it's a financing mechanism, not a funding source. Without new revenue stream to finance the debt, government is only borrowing against future revenue. And Michigan's been down this road before. 20 years ago, the Bill Michigan program, the State Transportation Commission, issued almost $1.4 over a number of years. That money was used to build shiny, smooth roads, sturdy bridges. The state reached its highway condition goals and maintained them for four years. Quite an accomplishment. However, without any new ongoing revenue to pay off the bonds, road conditions began to deteriorate as resources simply were not there to pay off the bonds and maintain what was built. So you heard that. Yep. You already knew what he was going to say. Um, one thing that frustrated me was that I think in some of the, the coverage of that hearing and certainly in, in what I heard some lawmakers say afterwards, they heard what he said about why the council doesn't like bonding, but they didn't hear what he said about how we really wouldn't be here if you guys had come up with a sustainable fix and the governor wouldn't even have to pitch this, or if she did pitch it, she would pitch it as something with a dedicated revenue stream that allows you to advance the projects as you discussed. Right, and I think, you know, what Craig said is not fundamentally wrong. What we are suggesting is that, uh, yes, this is a financing mechanism, and the perfect solution is for the legislature to continue these conversations about a long-term funding stream. The governor proposed a financing mechanism that is going to allow us to pull projects forward to 
take these projects that are most in, in, in the greatest need uh, and solve these problems immediately. Um, but that does not mean that we don't need a long-term funding stream. Uh, and if any uh, member of the legislature thinks that just because uh, the governor has proposed this bonding and the State Transportation Commission uh, has agreed with her request that they're off the hook and all of a sudden we don't need to uh, you know, worry about a funding mechanism, then I think they're mistaken. Uh, and I think that's what Craig is saying and I think the governor would agree with that and we certainly agree with that as well. We still need to have a funding conversation. Well, that doesn't mean though that this, that, that this bonding isn't a good idea. It is absolutely a good idea because if you look at one of the projects that was put on the five-year plan, a, a 275 reconstruction, that is taking a project and, and, you know, as I understand it, making a 20-year repair to 275, which is an absolutely vital piece of infrastructure uh, in metropolitan It's actually Detroit. two different segments near I-94. One will be $147 million and one will be $177 right. million. And, and, and there That's are, huge. you know, I mean, that there are, I mean, you probably know the traffic numbers better than I do, Jeff. There are, uh, you know, tens of thousands of vehicles uh, that travel that, uh, uh, that corridor. Uh, and, it's among the busiest segments in the state. Right. And so doing a long-term fix on that uh, and using long-term financing to do that is a prudent use of debt. Our members uh, who are business, business owners uh, from across southeast Michigan, they use debt this way all the time. Long-term debt to make long-term capital investments. That's smart business. Yeah, and I think something else that's been missing from this is there's discussion. People will say, well, how long are the roads going to last? And they'll say, well, this is at least 25 years. Well, that means 25 years until it needs a major rehabilitation. It means, like, along the way you're going to change your oil, and then maybe you need a timing belt. But right. it's still, the road is still going to be there. It's, it's going to last much longer than 25 years. Right. That's, that's, that's been lost in this conversation, too. I think one thing, too, that uh, is um, misunderstood that the department has done very well since the last time we did Build Michigan uh, is become a nationwide leader in asset management. Not that asset management wasn't something that the department was focused on 25 years ago but has become so much better at asset management. Uh, and so, you know, when we do this uh, rebuild of 275, uh, I think the department is going to be much more focused on making sure that this rebuild uh, is, uh, you know, that we're doing, uh, you know, maintenance on it uh, from the very beginning so that uh, that it lasts even longer than if we had done this 25 or 30 Yeah, years. explain what that means because I think a lot of people glaze over when they hear asset management and they think, logically, you know, worst first, right? You just fix the worst roads first. Right. I mean, yeah, the idea behind asset management is that you've got this brand new piece of infrastructure and you, 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 you know, start doing minor fixes right away that you don't let uh, cracks turn into potholes, that if you start to get uh, cracks in it, that you seal those up right away so that more water doesn't seep into it uh, and it becomes part of the freeze-thaw cycle and, and becomes worse and worse, that you uh, start doing minor fixes as soon as, they, uh, as soon as they show up so they don't become larger problems. Uh, and you do these minor fixes when they're cheap uh, as opposed to wait until they become It's a bit expensive. of a way you can become a victim of your own success because if you are big on performance measures and big on asset management and you manage to stretch the money and keep these things fixed at least you know patched up then it doesn't crumble and people think okay you're solving the problem why do you need more money right, right. it makes it yeah, difficult absolutely 
So going to that point, one of the things that people question, like, you know, where does that money go and not understanding that we all pay less in taxes on a, on a you know, adjusted for inflation basis than we did in the 50s and 60s, that, that people forget that and they take pledges not to ever have any taxes. If, if that's the case and if that's your mindset and if you don't understand that user fees have always been the way we funded transportation from the very beginnings of, of you know, road networks in the country, then how do we ever get past that conversation? I think people are starting to uh, understand that, um, you know, if we want to have nice things that we have to pay for it. Um, you know, you, you're never going to get a critical mass of people who stand up and cheer for new taxes. I mean, that's just not the way it's going to be. Uh, but, um, you know, more and more people are starting to understand that um, the services that they come to expect cost money. And I think you're starting to see this around the state. I mean, if you look at local road proposals, they're passing overwhelmingly. And these are property tax questions. I mean, property taxes are the worst taxes. Right. Um, no, one likes, yeah, no one likes paying property taxes. So if property tax questions for roads are passing uh, 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 you know, 75, 80% of the time across the state, uh, that tells you that uh, you know, gas taxes uh, should be uh, should be more palatable e even still. Um, well, you know, my city, Grand Rapids, passed an income tax for streets by, you know, an overwhelming margin. Yeah, and if you, you think about, I mean, let's, let's turn back the clock just a few years. I mean, if you remember, the legislature passed a small gas tax increase just a few years ago. It wasn't even close to enough to solve the problem. Well, and they also put in general fund money. Yeah, uh, but, you know, it was, uh, it was a gas tax increase. If you recall, um, I, I mean, I can think, I remember the day before it went into effect, hearing one person grumble about it. One person. Yeah. Have you heard anyone say anything since? I mean, I think the price of, people are used to the price of gas being so volatile in the last 20 years that I think, you know, some of these things can be folded in with, without people even recognizing uh, that, it, that it happens anymore. And so, I, I mean, I don't want to dismiss uh, the real concerns people have uh, with their budgets, but um, I, I think people also understand that uh, good roads, good parks, good schools actually cost money. Well, I think too, and I, I should clarify that when I said it was general, it's money from income tax diversions that would have gone to the general fund. It wasn't exactly general fund money. Still, long term, most policy people, including the Citizens Research Council, would tell you committing that much money in, in income tax diverted money to roads is not a good long-term strategy. Well, yeah, and I should note, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier that at the Chamber uh, we've been supportive of just about uh, every uh, serious proposal to raise user fees. Including for, 2015's package. Which was really hard. But uh, it was I, a really good plan, but yeah, very hard to explain. It, it, it was really hard to explain, but the, the, the one, the exception to that rule was the, the, the proposal you just talked about that did raise the gas tax but dedicated general fund revenues. And that was part of the reason behind it is we, we didn't think putting general fund uh, into the roads was a particularly good idea um, because we do think user fees should be used uh, to fund roads. And we thought that you know, doing a partial fix that didn't actually solve the problem would only continue to feed into the cynicism uh, that we're seeing from voters that think, you know, as we've seen in our polls, they think that there is enough money in state government uh, to fix the roads because they keep seeing record funding uh, putting into roads, but the 
roads aren't getting that coverage better. doesn't help so one more thing real quickly where does the chamber stand on this study making its way through the legislature to for to have MDOT study tolling well I think we're past the point where we can take uh, options off the table uh, you know uh, if uh, the numbers come back and it makes sense, I think we have to look at it seriously. What I've heard preliminarily is that the only stretch of road that might make sense is I-94. Uh, you may have more insight into that than I do, uh, being in the inside of this building. Um, you know, I, I, I have a lot of questions about it. I think, you know, what I've told people is, you know, People draw the conclusion of the or draw the comparison between the Ohio Turnpike. That's what they know, right? The Ohio Turnpike, of course, was built before the interstate highway system, uh, and so if you need to get ac across Ohio, that's the only option. So you can't get across Ohio without paying a toll, or very conveniently, right? Um, but if you want to get, say, get from Jackson to Ann Arbor, you can take ninety four. You also can take Michigan Avenue. There's redundancy, and so. Uh, I think, you know, you're going to see if you were to toll I-94, there are lots of ways to get around tolling. So that's one concern uh, I would have. The other I would have is that, um, you know, I think fairly um, people who live in the I-94 corridor might ask, well, why should I have to be the one, the one who are paying toll for my highway uh, when the people who live in, say, Oakland County, you know, why... Why don't they have to pay a toll for their highway? Uh, why do the people in Grand Rapids who 131 is their highway, why don't they have to pay a toll? Um, I think that's a fair question to ask. I think that's a debate we would need to have. Absolutely, those are fair questions. And I think the other thing that people need to keep in mind is that the technology is so much better now and there are things that you can do with tolling that you didn't used to be able to do. So it's not as expensive to implement. Yeah. But now, I think... One of the things I think we should explore is do we want to look at tolling for uh, expansion? You know, in D.C. where they have the hot lanes on the D.C. beltway, that I think is a real area of opportunity uh, for this state. Yeah. Because, you know, we're talking about $2 billion we need to fix the roads. That doesn't add any new concrete, right? So if we want to... Uh, mitigate some of the congestion, particularly in our region, so by adding new uh, lanes of concrete, uh, that may be an opportunity um, to, to toll new lanes of concrete where we need to add it. Um, that, I think, is something we seriously should look at. Yeah, and I think it, it cannot be packaged at all as solving the problem. That everything, every, no matter what happens with this, it needs to be understood that this is just another tool and this, uh, this is a helpful you know, tool, but it's not going to be the only solution right. to this whole thing. I so. mean, how many times uh, since uh, November of 2016 have we heard, um, or have, I, I don't know about you, have I heard, well, we can solve this all with marijuana tax revenue yeah, too. Yeah. I mean, it, there's so many people who think that there's an easy way out of this, and the simple fact is there's not. Pot for pot. Tolling's not going to fix this. Marijuana's not going to fix this. There's no easy way out of this. It's gonna. It's gonna. We we've waited so long that we can't get out of this without without noticing. It's a long-term sustainable solution. Yep. That's what we need. Well, Brad, thanks for taking the time to do this. I think uh, we'll definitely sit down and talk about these things again because we could go on forever. I could talk about this forever. I've been talking about this for 20 years, so we could talk about it for another 20 years. Yeah. Okay, thanks again for listening to this week's edition of Talking Michigan Transportation, and I want to give a special thanks to Corey Petey, who uh, does the sound engineering for the podcast, and to Sarah Martin, uh, of MDOT, who does the show's intro and closing. That's a wrap for this edition of Talking Michigan Transportation. 
Check out show notes and more on SoundCloud or by subscribing on Apple Podcasts.